0: So back to, was it scary? Was it a good idea? It was scary, but it, it wasn't because I knew that it was going to give me the opportunity to focus on the things that were really important to me. Do I like what I do? Yes, I do. But it's not what defines me necessarily as a person. Uh, my kids, my family, my wife, they're always going to come first for me.
1: From Chardon Physical Therapy, this is Chardon Biz, a show about local entrepreneurs and innovators sharing their stories. Who are the people behind our favorite businesses? If uh, if someone is uh, in Chardon and they're heading to Deeper Delicious to grab a dozen cookies, right. and they, they they drive past where your office space is. They're probably not going to grab that dozen cookies and zip a U-turn to come back over here to pop in your office and be like, Les, how's it going? You know, how is, how's Delta sales going for you? Because you're operating really behind the scenes in terms of being actually in Chardon. But what's really cool about being able, like Chardon biz, being able to capture your story is you are in Chardon. You are actually active in other businesses in Chardon, and it's yes. cool to know what does our neighbor actually do, and that's you,
0: right? And that's that's been kind of the, the fun part for for me is yeah, ninety nine percent of my time is spent out on the road. I go to my customer, but as I'm finding out, and shame on me for not knowing it sooner, Chardon, in particular, and in overall Geauga County is a huge manufacturing nexus. There is a lot of manufacturing that's happening right here. And they're big names, particularly if you are in business, we'll say. Can you
1: share some of those so, um, ideas that like, and I'm actually even doing this podcast, I'm not even aware of probably half, maybe more of uh, what is what is here. So yeah.
0: So yeah. So one of my bigger customers who I, who I feel comfortable sharing their name of is um, NOF. They make, uh, corrosion resistant coatings for primarily automotive. Um, and they're, you know, they're right up in Chardon. They're behind Chips Clubhouse. Okay. So they're here. Um, you wouldn't necessarily know that because you got to go past Chips and around back and find them. And again, if you're not in manufacturing, you're not going out and seeking them out. However, I can guarantee you've got uh, one of their, at least one of their coated parts on your car right now. Um, all of their coatings go on to uh, the fasteners. So all the nuts, bolts, the different tubings that are running from your brake lines or into your radiator. Their other big, big market piece is uh, brake rotors. So to make sure your brake rotors don't rust, which is kind of important, you've got this really cool coating on it. And then that's where I come in is they want to know, all right, how much did we actually slap on our part? Did we put enough that it's going to protect these parts?
1: Or on the opposite side, right? Do we actually coat too much to where Correct. it's not going to be appropriate? Or did we just spend a ton of money on this coating? And are we running inefficiently or Yeah, inefficiently? and those are,
0: those are huge, huge questions. Um, automo- automotive is a large part of my side of the business, um, being that I'm in Ohio, mm-hmm. Michigan, Western Pennsylvania, you know, the, the quote-unquote Rust Belt, where we're building vehicles. I mean, I'm up in Detroit all the time working with this suppliers to the big auto manufacturers. I'm in the big auto manufacturers helping them with their, their coating. So you think about you have a lovely blue truck. That blue is a very specific to that vehicle. So, one, we want to measure what that color is, how it's, how shiny it is or not. Um, but then also how much did we put on it? Did we put enough on it that it's going to look nice after you drive it off the lot? all right well what about 10 years from all right did we put too much on that now it's just going to flake off when you close the door things like that and some of these products it's very important for the customer to i don't want to say cut it as close as possible but you definitely don't want to be laying it on too thick and throwing money Mm -hmm. and then we have the other end where i work with uh semiconductor manufacturers uh so circuit boards, where they're laying down very thin layers of gold, you need the gold to have the good contacts. But again, you don't want to put too much gold down because that gets expensive really, really quick.
1: Yeah. You, you had shared with me uh, along those lines of like uh, just the right amount application process and like where you come in having the tools to measure what's actually being placed uh, or actually it's, it's measuring what. The machine is placing right instead of, and then you shared with me like um instead of like let's go ahead and just test a bunch of products and then take the time to actually look at that product to see what's on there scrape it off where that's like a back end we've just wasted time and money on producing a product that's going to be a test where you're actually just testing the machine how much is laying down
0: so yeah so we're we're testing yeah the machine and the the equipment or the the part itself um you know, in the old days and still sometimes now, you can do what they call uh weigh-strip weigh. So you take a part that has no coating on it, you paint it or you coat it or whatever, and then you weigh it. Actually, I got that backwards. And this is this is why I don't do it because it's cumbersome. You weigh it after it's painted, then you strip everything off and you weigh it again. So you've taken all this time to make a part and it looks gorgeous. And now we destroy it to make sure that we put enough coating on it. We just took it all off. What was the point of doing all of that work? And it's, it's, it's a time consuming process. Whereas we can do it all non destructive. So you can measure it in place. Yep.
1: When you talk about that process, I'm thinking about like um, a Yeti cup coating. Yeah, but, absolutely. But what if it's a fire truck? And that, that's where like you have shared yeah, with yeah,
0: me. Yeah. So, so. It's funny you mention that I do have a customer and that's what they do. Um Part of their business is building and fabricating fire trucks uh, and they powder coat the frames. Which is powder coat is just a special kind of paint. It's powdered. It's held on electrostatically. Honestly, I don't know a lot about the application and the ins and outs of that. I know how to measure it once it's in place. That's that's where I come in. But they're painting. Essentially an entire fire truck in one piece. So it's not a small thing. You don't want to weigh it. You don't want to take everything off and weigh it again. Uh, but you want to be sure that you got that red on there and it's, it's good. So they actually have, you know, ovens that are big enough to park a fire truck Dude, in. I, have you, have you seen this, that? Like, have you been there? Oh, yeah, to see I've, I've been running along next to the frame measuring it before it slides into the next. Oh, I. We we mentioned how it's made. I get to kind of live that every day. I don't necessarily like the travel portion uh, of my job, but I get to go into some really, really cool places and and see these things as it happens. Um, so yeah, you've got to be able to measure all these things and, and measure it accurately. And if at all possible, not have any downtime in your production process. Because anytime you're not building painting you're not shipping you're not making money uh it literally is time is money
1: yep let's get into one more part of like kind of the business and what you're in and then we're gonna we're gonna go back in time to figure out like how are you actually here today in this business around here in chardon so uh and that is uh, one of the things you hit on was like the emergencies that you'll actually get you get the phone call and it is hey uh we are definitely not coding this correctly and we are pumping out numbers that are I don't know, tens of thousands of units that we need to stop whole production. It's going to hurt the business. It's going to hurt uh, the employees coming in. We need you now today to get this done. Share some of the stories um, and how you've been able to be instrumental in getting that back up and running.
0: Right. So um, all of my, co- well, not necessarily all, but all, most of my customers are all uh, ISO 9001 certified. You'll see it on buildings and in paperwork, stuff like that. And that means that they follow a very specific quality process. And a lot of the end equipment manufacturers in automotive, aerospace, military, require you to have these processes in place. The last step is always, hey, are the measurements right? Are they within our spec? And some of these specs are very, very tight. We're talking millions of an inch max.
1: You know, it's I, hard to fathom like what they're yeah, right. like, I can't, yep.
0: I can't, wrap, they, you know, oh, it's <laughs> less than the thickness of a hair. I'm bald. So that doesn't help me <laughs> at all. Um, but it's very, very, very small, very, very thin. I, you know, when we're talking, uh, with gold, we have customers who are measuring in angstroms, which if you go back to your chemistry is like an atom or two thick. Wow. Okay. So we we can measure really, 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 really thin if we want, or we can measure really, really thick. I can measure a couple inches of paint on concrete if you want. At that point, why bother? I don't know, but hey, you do you. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so now we've got, you know, whatever the part may be. Uh it maybe a great example where I just had was um brake rotors for Humvees they were having a problem getting a good adherence between the pad and um, the shoe that it actually sits in. I apologize to everybody out there who actually knows the correct name for automotive parts. I know the coatings, not necessarily what it's going on, so if I got it wrong, forgive me, I, I'm sorry. Um, but we were there and they were having this adherence problem because the copper that was being laid down on these pads wasn't right. And the the owner of the company who's doing the the press fitting between the pad and the shoe holds it at like waist height and drops it. And it just shatters. I mean the two pieces go flying off in separate directions. It's not like he threw it down on the ground or where we were subjecting it to thousands of pounds of pressure. This was a simple three foot drop. Now imagine if that is on a Humvee, God forbid in any kind of conflict or emergency situation, and you hit the brakes, and now your brakes just shatter. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's in some ways an extreme situation, but that's the kind of things that we're dealing with. So they've got literally tens of thousands of brake pads that they can't ship because they're having trouble measuring it. And that's whenever a customer is down, if I can drop everything and get there. That's what I'm doing. Because the last thing that I need is for a customer to be having an issue and they just need me to come in and we can fix it. And it's not that big a deal for me necessarily to come in and, and get it done.
1: Yep. And that, that's a great example. And you shared with me that um, that is that had happened a lot more, I think, early on in the business. And then you've had a program that's more like proactive. Let's actually get on a more like a maintenance basis? Yes. Measure these regularly, get up to speed. So then you actually don't run into that issue. And then what if you were actually, what if you, what if you have five more calls before that? Like mm-hmm. everyone's important.
0: They are. And so. that's definitely a struggle for me is, yeah, every customer is my most important customer. And that's not just, you know, something I say because it sounds great. That's really how I feel. If my customers aren't successful, I'm not successful. Um, you know, that's, how this whole business runs if they can't trust me to come in and help them out and do it right they're not going to call me calling me i'm not making any money and that's really the end of all this
1: yep um you are the definition of a niche business right we we are niche let's go, let's go back in time. And like, how do you actually get to this space? So
0: yeah, let's roll back. Uh, this is really jump in the DeLorean, go back to, uh, 1985, no, 1987. Um, the, the two original owners, Larry and Ralph, um, decided, Hey, there is a, a market need for an independent company to help manufacturers out with measuring their coatings. um, qualifying products to make sure that they're meeting these different specs that are coming out either through, um, you know, ASTM who writes all of these specs or ISO who enforces all of them, even just between manufacturers, uh, between automotive, you know, GM and Boeing, they have specs that you have to follow or you're not doing business with them. Same thing with the government, all of those defense contracts Part of the contract is exactly how you are coding these parts, and if you can't hit that spec, you don't get the contract. Uh, that's just how it works. So they they got together, they identified this this market, a couple of manufacturers, and and they went out and started building this business, and went from you know, two guys working out of their uh, garage. Actually, I think it was Ralph's living room at the time. Um, to now we're in uh, the main offices in Buffalo. We have my office out here in Chardon. I say Cleveland because unfortunately not enough people know Chardon. Right. Shame on them. <laughs> uh, but, but and I mean, then we were in
1: a couple of states, right? You yeah. Ohio, and then we have, Kentucky.
0: Uh, yeah. And then we have an office in Canada and we cover, I specifically cover Western Pennsylvania, all of Ohio, Michigan, Kentucky. If you have a zip code and a warm beach, I will go there actually, or a warm beach. I don't even need the zip code. I'll show up. It's fine. Um, yeah. I w- was just in St. Louis. I was in Minneapolis earlier this week. There's a lot of places out there that need the help and we go, do I want to stay local? Absolutely. It's way, way less headache for me to drive into Cleveland or drive into uh, NOF and be home for lunch than it is to spend 20 hours on a plane, but you go, you do.
1: So, when did you, um, show up, uh, on the radar with Delta?
0: So, about 10 years oh. ago ish, um, I had come into contact with, with one of the owners, Larry, through my wife. And, um, we were talking and he knew that I had. Uh, a hard science background. I have a degree in biology. I had worked in sales through various retail places. Um, I'm mechanically inclined. I understand computers and electronics and how all those things work. I do, to a point, understand the chemistry and physics side of what we do. He also knew that at the time I was working for a very large bank doing financial analysis, and I honestly hated it. And he said, hey, I've got this opportunity. The business is growing. I need help. At the very least, can you come, you know, moonlight and and consult with me? And when I have a big customer, you go out and help me with all of these calibrations. And that's kind of how it started. And then um, we do have some smaller stuff come to the office, to the lab, to be done. It's cheaper for customers, honestly, uh, but, you know, you're without your unit for with us, usually about a week, which is better than some of the competition where it's eight to 10 weeks. So he asked me, Hey, can I just have this stuff sent to you? You do it, turn around, and send it back. Sure. No problem. And then it got to the point where he needed more help full time on the road. And uh, I ended up stepping away from the bank after. And actually it was uh, the day after my 10 year anniversary at the bank that I put in my two weeks notice and said, yeah, I'm I'm done. And, uh, jumps on board with this, worked directly for Larry for, um, two years, really learning the ins and outs of the business. And he said, you know what, it's time for me to retire. What are your plans? And I said, well, why don't I just buy you out of the company? And that's, you can go retire, do whatever you want to do. And I'll take over this half. And that's, that's what happened. And that was about three years ago.
1: That's amazing. Here we uh, are. And for you, I would imagine, well, one, it's it's really hard for, for folks to make that jump, to say, I've been here for 10 years, don't really like it. It's still really hard to say, I'm going to give that up and go somewhere else, especially you just said a large bank. You're going from a lot more than two individuals working at a business, right? Or one business owner and you. Yeah. Down to that size.
0: I, uh, yeah. And... I'm not going to name names because they don't need the free uh, advertising. They're doing very, very well. Um, but yeah, at the time, they were the fifth largest bank in the nation, top 20 in the world. Um, I was managing a team of six. I was very instrumental in uh, a lot of their credit policies and things like that as far as financial analysis goes. Yeah um at the time humble brag i could have you know written my own ticket and said i want to go here do this
1: so was that an easy decision to make to say hey here's my two weeks in some ways
0: yes in some ways no i mean you're right it was this is what i've known for the last 10 years it's very stable um even through the housing crisis and the banking crisis, they didn't have any issues. They didn't have the layoffs. They didn't have the bottom drop out of their market. So I didn't have to worry about job security. Um, I got paid fairly well for what I was doing. Um, great benefits, paid time off, all of that. Uh, I was even getting to work from home before that was cool. Uh, but on the other hand in some ways it was soul killing. And, you know, I started questioning my sanity doing this. And then I'm working 60, 70 hours. Sure. I'm working 60, 70 hours out of my house, but I'm still not getting the time, uh, with my kids that I wanted, which, you know, kind of the reason you have kids is because, you know, you want to have time with them. i apparently that's crazy talk, but
1: and how, how old are your kids today? So
0: um, let's, they just turned uh, 17 and 13.
1: Okay. So they're going by three years ago and they're, so they're teenagers, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, that's, a, that's, a, that, that's when you're making that move, but you're talking about 10 years prior to that. That's their life. That's their entire that's childhood. The,
0: yeah. So um, uh, really up until I, I made the jump full time with Delta, my daughter didn't know that like going to work meant leaving the house. She's not going to work, man. Oh, daddy just goes downstairs to the basement. That was going to work. Now, yeah, I'm leaving the house. Sometimes it's over, uh, depending on where these customers are that I'm going to. So a lot of that was a big shift. And that was some of the concern going from this big, very, very stable corporation to uh, there's a total of five people that work for Dell. Okay. Uh. Um, and it's, you know, all of the income is largely driven on what I'm producing. If I am not out on the road, uh, visiting customers, I'm not making money. Dave, I love you. This is great. This is not making me money right now. You know, I'm not getting paid unless you want it. I mean, I'll, no. Either, no. Hey,
1: but the podcast, no, there's no money exchange, which is the is beauty this, of what we're doing. Is, it's just it time. Is. It's just time.
0: It is. But you know, I think it's, it, it's worth it. One, because- we're I'm in Chardon personally living here because we love the area. I finding myself getting more and more involved locally, businesses and volunteer opportunities because of how strongly I feel about Chardon and, and, and Giaga County I'm, as a whole. I don't think you can look at one with without the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, The rest of Giacomo County would probably like it if Chardon didn't take such a central role to it, but tough. Uh, and yeah, so when I heard about this opportunity, I said, this is, this is great. This is an amazing opportunity for, you know, two business owners to just sit down and have a chat about why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, So back to, was it scary? Was it a good idea? It was scary, but it it wasn't because I knew that it was going to give me the opportunity. To focus on the things that were really important to. Do I like what I do? Yes, I do, but it's not what defines me necessarily as a person. Uh, my kids, my family, my wife, they're always going to come first for me.
1: So the- making that decision, you get to see that more often. I get to see
0: that more often. So great example. We, you know, we're just coming out of Easter. The kids were off for Friday and Easter Monday. I control my schedule. Yep. Guess who didn't have any appointments on Friday and Monday? Mm-hmm. Uh, am I paying for it for the rest of the week? Was it worth it? Absolutely. I, you know, right. I get to hang out with my kids all day. And on top of it, because that's how they've grown up, they actually like that dad wants to hang out with them. This is you know, exciting.
1: Real business owner talk, right? That flexibility yes. is amazing. It comes with a lot more responsibility. It does a lot more because it's on you. Like you said, if you're out there, um, of the pavement still to this day you're making things happen uh, it was really neat you shared with me like five-year plan like dreams of where you're at it'd be cool for you to share again like why you're working so hard what does five years look like from now and why does your involvement within the community right you you just you talked about uh meeting with ggp uh i don't know if it was yesterday a couple days ago uh your involvement with leadership JIAGA and I've, we've seen each other at um, different chamber events, like yeah, the we, ribbon cuttings. Yeah,
0: we just joined uh, the chamber, the Chardon Chamber of Commerce, like a month ago. Great. Um, super, super recent for us. So, yeah, I mean, my five-year plan, obviously, I want to grow my business. Um, but I, if you're not in sales and service, though I'm sure in, in some ways physical therapy, that's a, it's a young man's game. It's a young person's game. This is a lot of wear and tear on on me. Am I old now? I feel like it. I'm not. But, you know, five, ten years down the road, sitting in a car or on a plane for six, seven hours is just not going to happen. So I want to slow down. I want to pull back. I want to be able to do those things that do bring me that that joy and that happiness, and that involves growing the business. So... That starts with getting back out there, pounding that pavement, making those contacts. And as I'm finding out, all of those contacts are very, very local. There's this huge, vibrant manufacturing community in and around Chardon that I'm bullheadedly working my way into and making connections, be it through, uh, Dave and his wonderful podcast, be it through Leadership Giaga, which has been um, a, a surprise to me how much of an impact that is, has made on me.
1: Can you give an example?
0: Um, that? so a lot of this, this networking that I'm doing now is largely because of things that I learned in leadership Giaga. When I worked for the bank, yes, there was networking, but it was that old, you know, good old boys, uh, hard panel, office cigarette uh, cigars bourbon out at the cleveland club if you didn't go to the right school you didn't have the right connections not only did i not go to the right school i didn't even go to school in ohio so i was in trouble i didn't have those connections i said well i don't have those connections what am i going to do and that's just starting getting keyed in and making these connections of okay Um, yeah, I'm in leadership, I'm making connections and learning things and finding out how important networking is. And it may not be that one person that you know. I don't expect you, Dave, to throw me a ton of manufacturing business.
1: Right. If you do, great. Dude, you're going to teach me who is manufacturing my stuff. That's you. you. You're
0: not going to get a ton of PT work from me. You're not going to improve my golf swing. It's just, it's not going to happen because it doesn't exist. Okay. <laughs> it's just, do you want to go golfing? Not unless it's at chips. In that case, I'm, I'm your guy. Okay. Um, uh, but-, but it could be, you know, somebody listening to this, it's, I met somebody at, uh, leadership Giaga who knows somebody who knows somebody. So it's three or four steps down, right down the line. And, and putting that time in and making those connections. Cause it's,
1: it's just time. It's just time. It is. Right. And then over and over again. Yep. That time you just, you just, the nothing ventured, nothing game, uh, nothing gained rule. Like exactly. Lie. Yeah. For sure.
0: And, and the hardest part for me was, okay, well, I met somebody didn't, it didn't do anything and you just want to give up, but it may not be the right time mm-hmm. at that time. Okay. And now all of a sudden, well, it's the third or fourth time we're meeting. Oh, we just ran into this big issue. Is there any way you can help me out? Absolutely. Let's, let's do this. Let's go.
1: And then the inadvertent uh, connections, right? And that could be five years from now, if you're looking to be more hands-off because you are not traveling every day yeah. or every week and um, involvement with your kids will be, it'll look totally different at that point. It does. Yeah. What do you want to be doing with your wife? Which I know what that is, or you'll share, but also like, who have you actually come to contact that's going to do that for you, right? And is that part of the networking that you're currently doing, will be doing in the future?
0: Definitely. And that's, you know, one of the things that's drawing me into, in some ways, the Chamber of Commerce, uh, into GGP, GI Growth Partnership, who have the connections to that next generation and how we can then help bring them up and give them the tools and skills to be successful, period. But yes, within an eye toward maybe I can cherry pick one of these kids. Yeah, will you to come have on a board?
1: Will you have a student with you up to shadow, like for a project during the summertime?
0: Not this summer, but that is the hope in the next yeah year or two. I would love to have one of their um, summer incubator right. interns working with me. I'd how many?
1: Um, how many different businesses would you say you're going to a month?
0: Uh, but, you know, depending on the month, but probably 10, 15. Okay. So 20. we're talking like
1: two, two a week minimum. That would be at least. About. Yeah. I'm going to so, go hit
0: two today when we're done here.
1: Okay. So if, um, if, which is awesome. If, if on the, uh, to do list, um, and a student was like looking at this and they were interested really in just about any facet of supply chain, uh, yep. manufacturing, it could be nitty gritty encoding. I don't think that's. Something right. Most kids I don't think are going to go. Old- oh
0: yeah. I really, really want to learn about zinc plating. Right. If but you are, please call me. We'll I'll hook you up. But, but uh, if they get a
1: chance to to hit the road with you if that's if that's uh within their parameters and get a chance to see a fire truck going into a giant oven, like sign me up. I want to see that. Yeah. I oh, want to be there. absolutely that's, yeah, that's, that's really cool.
0: Yeah, kids want to see it, adults want to see it. Uh, yeah, and there's and these things are happening. In our backyard, um, I have a customer who's over in Youngstown. They are doing the primer coat for, you know, the Dodge Hellcat. So you can walk in and see hundreds of Hellcat hoods just on a conveyor belt. They go
1: yeah, that's in cool. uncoated. They come cool. out
0: matte black.
1: Yeah, it's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: love it. So five years from now, but what would you love to see your day-to-day look like? And this is this is one of those questions where um this is why you're doing what you're doing. You are not looking to become a millionaire to hang up the hat and live the cozy lifestyle. You're actually pounding the pavement right now so that you can live a lifestyle you're looking into. So what does five years look like?
0: Yeah, I would in five years I'd love to have two people working for me and one person full time uh here in the office doing uh the lab calibrations that come in doing the repair work, and we service everything that we go out and calibrate, we will also service and and repair as well, which is, you want to talk niche, nobody will service every single thing that they calibrate, uh, except for us. Also, nobody goes out and will do everything in sight that's in their scope. Um, we will. That's just that, which is why I'm kind of running all over the place. So I'd love to have somebody here doing that. I would love to have somebody out Um, uh, doing all the road stuff as well to, yeah, free me up to be more involved. Um, either in the community, we have a, uh, there's a lot of, uh, pet projects pun intended as you'll find out in a second, uh, that we have, we love animals, um, you know, ups and downs. And then we have had upwards of 30 animals at one time at home yeah at home and we live uh, a block off the square okay uh, we're not out you know in chardon township we are in the city of uh, of chardon the city of township more coffee uh okay. we're in the city <laughs> of chardon uh with you know we had uh a dozen chickens at one point, six ducks uh a leopard gecko guinea pigs my wife has a beard. Bearded Dragon currently we were up to five dogs at one point. Wow. Down, down to three. Um, seven
1: cats, down to six. Is there a four-h involvement? With, there the is kids? no four-h
0: involvement. No, this is actually driven by my wife and I. Um that we we love animals. Um, our son, he, the 17-year-old, he tolerates it. Okay. He likes animals. <laughs> he one of the dogs is his dog. He loves the dog. He loves the, the reptiles and the herpetology that's kind of his bag but he also likes a respectful distance between him and the animals uh don't come into my room if you could be behind glass behind a fence perfect uh my daughter's much more like me she's a 13 year old if you tell her that she can go and pet something she's gonna and there may even be uh sneaking around behind the fence even though they said don't try and pet insert dangerous animal here okay. i don't encourage that but i've done it um, yeah it's, it's one of those things that uh, we foster so we foster through rescue village cool um gives us the opportunity to have you know like litters of kittens but then when they're ready to go we know that okay we're going to take them back to rescue village on thursday and by sunday at the latest they're adopted and in a happy home. There's the other end of the spectrum and how we end up usually with the dogs is we foster senior dogs. So they come into a rescue village, Cleveland, APL, uh, Maggie's mission. There's a ton of different great, um, organizations that, that work with dogs that are pulling them from, you know, kill shelters, but then they need to be assessed for what is their health? What is their temperament? How did they do with kids? How do they do with other dogs? How do they do with cats? Well, guess what? I've got all of that in one place, and I'm not afraid to see how that works out for you. The flip side to it, and, and in some ways the, hard, the downside, hard part to it is these senior dogs end up being the ones that sit at the shelter for a year, 18 months. A long time. Okay. They may never leave, shelter not to you know not to just get really sad and down on they may never leave that cage because they're too old they're not a puppy so we end up keeping um you know our foster failure rate seems really really bad but given how much we foster it's not bad but every single animal that we have is a is a foster failure my son's dog finn that's the dog not my son um he came from this hoarding situation. They had 60 animals Whoa. Okay. In, in like a trailer. home, And he never left the room that he was in. He was scared of walking doors. Uh, they said he was scared of men. Whoa. And, you know, he's just this cute, he's a Sharpay, we call him a Sharpay hippo mix because he's just, he's large and in charge, but he's just got that jowly, crinkly, Sharpay face. You just want to dive into his jowls and live there.
1: Uh, um, but that's part of your identity. Yeah, it but is, we knew care.
0: Yeah, we knew that he's never going to leave the shelter if we don't take him. So we did. And we took him home and by the time we got home and Aiden had changed into uh, pajamas. And this is had Finn four years, so Aiden was 14 at 13, 14 at the time. He's taller than I am. He's 6'3. He's, if you look at him, you're like, oh, that's a man, not, you know, this is a, a little kid. And that night, Finn is on the couch with his head in Aiden's lap. I mean, that's the difference. It's just night and day when you get them out of this shelter environment. And he loves that dog. I mean, really, you know, but Finn's, he was ten when we got him. He's fourteen. Um yeah, I had to put three dogs sleep in the last year. And they were all my dog. It's it's
1: hard. It's gonna be hard. But it's it is, but y- you also know that. You know that going in. But yeah. you you're you are giving them a better life. Kind of, of
0: signed up for that, but we know <laughs> that yeah, you know, that last year, two years, three years, four years, if we're lucky. I like to think they were some of the best years of their life.
1: For sure. You're controlling that.
0: So that's kind of, you know, that's one thing that I want to do. Um, is, would you say like
1: more of that or is there actually a vision that you have like five years from now where. If,
0: um, you know, depending on things and, and health and stuff like that, it's kind of always been one of those pipe dreams of, Hey, let's open our own shell. Okay. Um, you know, that would be really, really cool. Um, we're also getting more and more involved in, um, the, the foster aspect of, um, kids. Uh, that's been another side to this leadership geoga journey that I've had that, okay, it's opening my eyes to business needs, but it's also opening my eyes to the human need. Um, and it's, yeah. one of the hard things about five-year plans is if you had asked me five years ago if i would be contemplating working with torchlight who is very instrumental in foster outreach if you had asked me five years ago i probably would have left and yet yeah, last night i was at red hawk with uh 11 kids who are in um the giaga youth uh program it's the i forget what the c stands for in g y c because it wasn't important until i just tried to say it but they're you know they're in a foster care situation and this may be the only adult interaction that they're getting outside of this group home environment
1: wow yes that's
0: you know and this it's amazing um we literally just sent in our applications to be uh casa advocates those are the core Court-appointed child advocates who are in, you know, either the foster system or just on the radar of job and family services. And again, it's something that we would not have contemplated a few years ago. It's not something I would have had the time or opportunity to do a few years ago.
1: Right. Some Just an outside perspective not not summarizing what you had stated, but just a perspective on, like, you, your involvement. So, like, your interests in becoming more involved with, like, the community, right? It's, like, the business has to be in mind because it's, like, if I'm more involved in the community, what can the return be? It might not be today. might not be this month, but maybe sometime over the next couple of years I'm going to put in that time. But through that exploration, that involvement, you've actually started to... Learn more about like yourself, your morals, your values, what's actually important to you, and that's showing you a pathway into like what a future looks like, not only for the business but also you. Yeah, no, absolutely. I
0: think you're you're 100 correct on that. That yeah, it's it's being open to those opportunities, and I you know some of that is was that willingness for me to jump from working in a large corporate environment to running my own business. It's a willingness to fail. Uh, I know I am not going to succeed at everything. My ego hates it when I say that. What? This is the truth of the matter. Yep. Um, and a lot of times we don't try because we were afraid we are going to fail. All right. What happens if you succeed? Uh, that's a big difference.
1: And, and, and success changes, right? Like, absolutely. Like the definition of that, what it means to you. Um, And with you, like you're getting your time back. So any part of your success, does that actually mean um, certain touch points at home or events kids are involved in or trips that you may have coming up? Yeah, or or,
0: or just came back from. So um, so what kind of started me all down this path? So if we roll back in time again, we'll go back 17 years. Um, My son was born. I was working full-time for the bank. I was actually still managing uh, one of their in-store bank branches. So I was not working bankers hours. I was working 10 to 8, Monday through Friday, Saturdays, Sundays, holidays. It was not the, you know, 9 to 5. So my son was in, he was in daycare from... You know, whatever these six months, six weeks, six months, whatever it is that they start letting them into daycare. Because my wife was working full time, uh, I did not get to see him take his first steps. They happened at daycare, and that that hits hard to know that I'm not only am I trading my time, I'm trading these opportunities with my child. Um, and then when our daughter came around, I made a conscious decision of that's not going to happen. I am going to be involved in their life as much as I can be, whether or not they want me to be or not, I'm, I'm going to be there. So, you know, working from home for the bank gave me the opportunity to, at the very least in the evenings, I could go to the dance recitals, the band practices, the baseball games, whatever they were into, we were going and doing. I need to stop talking with my hands because I'm gonna just smack.
1: We'll just bring it back out of talk it. Uh just you're, the coffee can I know, like that's what I'm,
0: I'm just I'm gonna move this to a different counter. <laughs> so when I knock the microphone, it doesn't go into the coffee cup. Um but yeah, then there's you know the events during the work day that I still couldn't go to. Now being able to control my schedule, the kids are off. Usually I'm off. Uh, with the exception of the summer, obviously. If I could take three months off, I would, but I can't. But yeah, they were on spring break. Um, so this would have been two weeks ago now. We had the opportunity to go to Spain. No kidding. Uh, so we That's went to awesome. Spain. Now this is, again, you know. Business is good. I, I don't want people to think business is that good. I need you to come and do your calibrations
1: with me. You're not going to Spain like every year. Not every year. Well, def- definitely not every quarter.
0: And this is, this is the, um, the way my wife and I think about parenting. Uh, again, we're going to roll back. Just hopefully using the Mr. Food on the back of the DeLorean for the amount of time that we're going back and forth in time. And not plutonium, but I am licensed for that.
1: It's a whole other issue. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what you just said. Are but, you not? Well, we're going to roll with that. I'm
0: you're sorry. not a Back to the Future.
1: I do. I, I'm, okay. It's, it's, okay. Not it's not confusing all the way. And I'm, I'm sorry. I wish right. I was there with you. That's right. But
0: you know, I guess it's, it's. I get that a lot, particularly at home. My wife gets <laughs> like, "That's not funny," and I'm dying. As long as I think it's funny, I'm happy. Right. It's it's uh, good.
1: Good. And I just want to be honest. Like I, I appreciate that. It I depends. wish I was right there in your brain.
0: I would explain it to you, but then it wouldn't be funny. Uh, right. So, yeah. So, we go back. Uh, we had an eight-foot pool table in our basement. It was just one of those things that we had the opportunity to get it. We got it. And it ended up being used for storage it's you know like the chair in your bedroom that you throw all your clothes is the yes, of course yep right that's what this was for and uh we're storing at the time all of the christmas gifts for the kids that have that we've gotten them that have come in from uh our parents relatives whatever and we, this 8 foot pool table is literally mounded with gifts and we looked at it and we said this is disgusting We've got all of these things that, yeah, they're going to love it when they get it. But on the 26th, they're not going to play with it. Mm-hmm. So we have now just shelled out all of this money for nothing. What can we do that's going to give them something that they're going to keep with them the rest of their lives? So instead of giving them a gift or gifts, yes, they get something to open up on Christmas. It's still important but it's not thousands of dollars worth of stuff. Let's take that same money that we were going to spend on a gift. Let's do an experience. Um, their birthdays are both in March. So sometimes these experience gifts are, this is Christmas and and it's your birthday. Don't expect anything uh, in three months either. And that's, you know, so obviously Spain was, was in that, but we've gone down to uh, the wilds in, it's in Zanesville, but it's part of the Columbus Zoo. If you're not familiar with it and love animals, run to it. Uh, it is 10,000 acres of reclaimed, uh, strip mining land.
1: So yeah. it, it's, it's, uh, it's not the Columbus Zoo, but it's part of, it is
0: part of the Columbus Zoo. It's the yeah. zoo. At, it's the wilds at Columbus Zoo. Okay. By the Columbus Zoo. However, they, it's down in Zanesville, basically. Um, so in partnership with whoever had strip minded, they had to, you know, go back and replant, mm-hmm. um, something and put a minimum layer of topsoil back onto it. So it's not just uh, a runoff environmental hazard, but it's still not really usable. You can't use it as arable farmland because it's got two inches of topsoil. So they're working on, all right, what's the best. Grass to plant, to hold all of this topsoil in place and have it actually be a usable area. And then, okay, what can we do with just 10,000 acres of nothing? Well, Columbus Zoo said, well, there's these endangered species that do not do well in small enclosures.
1: Any chance they were elk? Uh, not
0: necessarily elk.
1: Okay. That's what they do down in Kentucky. And that's, the, that's my experience. There, that. It's the
0: same kind of idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, the big one, their big story is the onager, which is, um, it's like this goat donkey thing. Um, you see sometimes small herds, but they do really good in, in big herds. Uh, they also have, there's some sort of Asian mountain goat that's really, really endangered. And they have this thriving herd on this reclaimed land and it's actually easier for asian scientists to come to ohio to study these animals than it is to go and find them in the wild Hmm. okay um so it's really really cool place we got to pet uh rhinoceri i know it's rhinoceroses but i prefer rhinoceri uh we got to pet them they're like giant puppy dogs (laughs) like they come running up wagging their little tails it's great so we did that. Uh, um, we went to Moab and we've been hitting, uh, national parks. So we went to arches, got some just amazing dark sky pictures. Um, uh, you know, can actually see the Milky Way, which is wild. You think the sky gets dark here in Chardon? You haven't seen anything. Yes. Even our an observatory park. Yes, mm-hmm. it gets dark. Yes, it's certified dark star, uh, dark sky. Right. Uh, dark star is something else. Different podcast.
1: Right. Um I was actually standing on my, my back deck last night, just looking up. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's pretty beautiful. But I can only imagine it's kind of where you it's were. It's just
0: amazing. So we've, you know, we've been there. We've been to Ireland. Uh we just came back from Spain. Uh we've gone down to Florida and hit the Everglades and things like that. We're trying to hit all the national parks, is kind of our dream. I love that. Um, but you know, and a lot of it is driven by okay, where's the cheap flights? It was cheaper for us to fly to Barcelona than it was to fly to Salt Lake. Dang. Okay. So we spent a week in Barcelona. That is so cool. And again, I had that opportunity. I could just take a week off. Yep. And yeah, hang out with the kids.
1: That is awesome. And then five years from now, it's like that's more. That's what you and your exactly. wife want to
0: do. Yeah. If, if we could sell the house and buy an RV and...
1: Okay. Drive Seriously? all around. Is that, our, would that be? like that, Is that part of a dream?
0: If, if we could do that, yeah, I think any of us would complain about it. Okay.
1: Because at that point, I'm just. It, you haven't told me this, but I'm like just putting a vision and seeing like, man, where is less All right. So he has, he has a um, shelter. Yeah. That he's got. He even has some team working there, and he's got the RV. So he's and around, taking mm-hmm. care of just exploring taking things in the kids are in college but they're joining on I whatever hope. trip they possibly can yeah yeah definitely I, if they if they can't come and there's a seat available you can reach out to me if Absolutely. i can't come yeah. my son's definitely for sure For you. sure yeah but that's that's fun you know and it's like you're in control of that destiny you're in control of like the future and
0: exactly so that's you know a lot of what that thought process is, is okay what do i do that's good for not only my business but my customers because again it's it's customer driven what do my customers need? What do my customers want? You know, we are, we have the largest independent accredited scope of calibration, it's a mouthful. I don't know how else to put it, um, in the industry. And we're adding more this year. We're going to add three more to our scope of accreditation.
1: Dude, congratulations.
0: That's, that's know, huge. But that's where, that's what the customers want. The customers want to have one-stop shopping. So they call us and we come in, we do everything. And it's easier for them. Uh, it's cheaper for us to do. So it's cheaper for them because we're coming in and I don't have to run to 20 different places. Cause I've got 20 different units in one spot. Discount bonus. Um, they only have to call one person. So it's a huge, huge labor savings for them. Uh, that's actually why I was out in Minneapolis. They had, Thirty-nine color units that they were boxing up and shipping out in sets of three to the manufacturer. And it was basically a full-time job for one person, in addition to her full-time job. there, let's just say that. Instead, it was you know I went I did nine of them this year. We're going to do all of them next year. It was a four-hour thing. It was hopefully not that disruptive to her day because she just took the knife, threw them on a desk in front of me. Four hours later, I came over and said, we're done. I'm out. I had hit the airport.
1: And that's, that's awesome. That's what they want. That's what they need. That's. We have, uh, we have a couple of minutes left, but I have two more questions. Okay. Uh, uh, the King Cone question will be last. Good. Um, but I would imagine like part of you being successful and continued success is going to be customer relationships. And if this could be applied to really almost any business out there. How do you maintain your customer relationship?
0: Um, you know, it's, that is a, that's a hard question. I thought the King Cone question was going to be hard, but this is a hard one. Um, it, it's, yeah, being in contact, being available. Uh, and that, that availability and contact is constantly evolving as times change. It used to be you have a Rolodex, a three by five cars with everybody's name on it, and you pull it out. Oh, I got a call. I got to call Dave, here's his card, let's do that. Or you have the binder of business cards. I have an online database that I use that syncs up between my work computer, my home computer, my phone, my tablet. So wherever I am, I can access my customer's information and say, oh, okay, oh yeah, this is what we got going on with this. Uh, we're rolling out uh, a new online portal where they can request service directly. They can pull up so everybody... When we do the calibration, they also get a certificate that says, yes, we really did this. And that's part of the traceability for their ISO accreditation.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: We spend a lot of times just resend certs and just emailing them. So good touch points. That's smart. So now we're, you know, it's going to be in an online portal where they can request stuff. They can follow up, repull, uh, their certs. They can see, Hey, where is my unit at the lab? What's, what's going on with it. And so kind of keeping them up to date without having to pick up the call and pick up the phone and call. Them. So it's, they're able to get the information they need when they need it, as opposed to when I give it to them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so that's, that's where it is. It's going out and getting involved in the community. You know, I ran into people who are my customer and, or I want to be my customer at these different events and getting to see people outside of that war environment is great because now you can have real conversations with people and talk yep. as as people, not as, you know, customer service provider.
1: Right. And it's a, that's what we just did right here, You're, right now. I absolutely. Know, I know a lot more about like your interests um, and that if I've ever, ever interested in Petting some animals, about 30 of them. I know yes. where to go. Or yeah. um If you ever wonder what is
0: it like to keep a bearded dragon, I, I can tell you. Yes, yeah, right. It'd be easy. Easy.
1: Yeah. Um King Cone question. Go ahead, what's your favorite flavor?
0: All right. So I, I said it was really hard, but I'm so boring when it comes to, actually it's not that I'm so boring. It's so good. Their soft serve twist. Sure. Classic. Is well one, it's classic, but it is it's better than it has any right to be. I mean, it is, it's so good. It's tasty, creamy. There's so some sprinkles my on still, it. That's why my boys still get it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you know, my kids will stand there staring at all the different hard ice cream flavor. oh, flavors. Yeah. Yep. And, and don't give me the White House, uh, chocolate cherry. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I love it. They're great for the cappuccino crunch. And I'm so that's I should,
1: actually really good. Yeah.
0: I should get something different, but, man.
1: Just get the twist. Are, are, yeah, you, are you throwing some sprinkles on there too? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, Got to have sprinkles. Uh, the colored or? I, the I like or? the
0: rainbow sprinkles. Okay. Um, but sometimes they only have the chocolate and that's fine too.
1: Okay. I love that. It's awesome. That's a great answer. It is. I wish,
0: if you're listening, uh, I wish you would bring back the strawberry vanilla twist. That was, Ooh. I think like the best thing I'd ever had. I was okay. really excited when I found out. Very sad.
1: Was it was it better? Was the strawberry part better than most strawberry? Yeah, twist it. Okay.
0: Yeah, I, and again, I don't know what base they're using for their. I, it's fantastic. Okay. Um, yeah, it's always big exciting day when King Cone is.
1: Yep, I appreciate that. Uh, that answer. That's awesome. Well, Les, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the podcast. And thank um, you.
0: I've I, been looking forward to this. This is and
1: better than I was expecting. Cool. Excellent. Well, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Hey, I wanted to take a moment to say thank you very much for having a listen. I hope you had a lot of fun hearing about the background stories, about the businesses that you drive by every day. For more information about Chardon Biz and also more information about Chardon Physical Therapy, go ahead and visit ChardonPT.com. That's P as in physical, T as in therapy, ChardonPT.com. Also, go ahead and subscribe so that you can have a listen next week.